Y'all doing well? So good. Good to see everybody here tonight. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? Sure is. Hey, before we get going tonight, uh, obviously every Thursday night is special. Always good to gather together on Thursday nights. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. I know you got a lot of options to go to different things in the summertime. You could be at a pool right now just enjoying the sunset. Maybe not the sun, the sunset. But uh, you're here. Glad you're here. Thanks for coming. But I want to uh, just recognize a few people tonight. i got some family in the house tonight. So uh, both of my parents right here, raise your hand. Mom and dad, raise your hand. Come on. And then uh, two of my lovely sisters, Ansley and April. Y'all raise your hand, wave at them. And uh, my wife and kid were just here, but they had to go. Little guy was getting a little grumpy, way past his bedtime. <laughs> but uh, got family here, special weekend, Father's Day weekend. And uh, so we're going to a Braves game tomorrow. Anybody been to a SunTrust Park this, this summer? Good things? Okay, only a few. All right, well, we're expecting good times. One of my sisters came all the way from Asheville, North Carolina. The other one came all the way from San Jose, California. Come on. So uh, we got royalty in the house tonight. <laughs> well, uh, we're really excited to be in this series. Obviously, you can tell we're calling the next few weeks this conversation that we're in that we started last week, calling it God Dream. Turn to your neighbor and say, I got a God Dream. We're calling it God Dream. And um, having a lot of fun with it and just talking about what does it mean to have a God dream? What all does that uh, include? And so we started this last week. We're going to go for a few weeks and it. have been studying uh, the life of a guy named Joseph in the Old Testament. But uh, tonight I want to just want to kind of recap some things from last week and uh, then go into it a little bit more. I had a different idea <laughs> Uh, last week where I was going to go with tonight and then change some things up. And I really almost want to reiterate some things that we talked about last week in uh, maybe a new way. But I just want to remind you, as we talk about God dream, what, is, what do we mean? What do we mean when we use the term God dream? Probably a little bit different than maybe you, you would have heard in a song somewhere. Uh, that went over some of y'all's heads, but that's okay. Um, maybe a little bit different than what you would think. But for us, what we, what we mean when we say God dream is really God dream has two kind of different forms in how we talk about it. The first form, when we talk about a God dream, is um, really the God dream that I kind of signed up for whenever I became a follower of Jesus. In other words, when you committed your life to Christ, when you said, all right, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus Really what you did is you adopted a God dream into your life because ultimately what you said is, all right, Lord, I am going to surrender my life, everything about me I'm putting in your hands, putting in your hands. My whole life is given to you. Uh, dispose of me how you will. Use of me how you will. I am yours to be used my whole life. In other words, uh, I want to live your dream. I want to live your dream for my life. I'm adopting your dream into my life. That's really what it means to live a God dream. All of us who are believers are living somewhat of a God dream because we have given our life to him. He owns our life and he's controlling our life and we want that. And so we're under his dream, not our dream. That's what we want for our life. The second kind of form that it takes is a little bit of a, a unique form. I would say that the first way 
if it helps to think about it, the first way is kind of a universal God dream that we all as believers have the same God dream that we, we want to follow Jesus. We want to become more like what he describes in the Bible. We all have this kind of universal God dream of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But then the second one uh, has a little bit of uniqueness to who you are. In other words, I believe that God wants to uh, deposit a dream into each of us. That he gives each of us a unique purpose and a unique plan for while we're on earth. That each of us carries around. Did you know that? That you were created with a unique design, a unique purpose, and a unique thing that God wanted you to accomplish in this life. Now, I know sometimes that gets a little complicated for young adults who are in this stage of life. They're trying to figure out what they want to do with their life. Should I go study this? Should I pursue a career in this? What should I do? And that gets a little bit complicated because a lot of people go, I don't know what God wants me to do with my life. I don't know his calling. I don't know his unique God dream on my life. And so let me just encourage you, first of all, right off the bat with this. If you're not sure what the unique dream is, then follow the universal until he gives you the unique. Follow the universal God dream on your life until he delivers or deposits the unique God dream. We're all after the same thing. We're all after becoming, you know, mature believers in Jesus and growing in that and what that looks like. So until he gives you a unique purpose, until you believe, until you know what that is, then follow the universal. Man, we have much life to live and there's much to be explored under the universal itself. So don't stress yourself out too much about trying to discover what the unique God dream is for your life. And then also I would say this, the, the unique God dream comes at different points. Some people feel like they have a, or they've discovered the purpose that God has for them when they're like 12 years old and they just know uh, God wants me to be a doctor, right? Good for those people. The rest of us are struggling out here, right? Good for those people that just know at an early age, this is my unique calling on life. This is what I want. Some people discover it when they're 22. Some people discover it when they're 32. Some people discover it when they're 52. I don't know. Like at all ages, a God dream gets deposited into us. It may not be till later. So follow the universal until you believe you've gotten the unique. But also, I believe that the unique God dream comes in different seasons, whether it's big or small. Like, the God dream could just be what it is, like what God wants you to do in your life this year. It's not always a big calling, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? It can be, how does God want to use me, like, right now in my life? How does God want to use me? It's, it's literally, what is the dream that God has for me right now? And you can fill in the blank if it's this month this year, this week, maybe even this morning, what is the unique dream that God wants to put in my life for today? What's the unique purpose that God wants to kind of fulfill in my life today? So it's all different. I mean, you can have tons of different God dreams, right? So maybe, maybe for you, when you were in high school, Maybe God delivered a, a kind of a supernatural, maybe he spoke to you in a way, or, or maybe it wasn't an audible thing, you just got a sense in your spirit. Maybe he told you that you were going to be the first person to graduate from college in your family. And that was your unique God dream, and that's what you're going after, that's what you want to accomplish. Maybe for you uh, this year, maybe this year in 2018, you decided, I believe that what God's calling me to this year, the unique God dream on my life this year is to pay off any debt that I have. 
Maybe the unique God dream on your life, you feel like God's calling you to begin to pour out your life and invest it into underprivileged people who do not have positive role models in their life. Maybe that's something that God's recently given to you. Maybe that's your unique God dream. I don't know what your unique God dream is, but I believe that God often deposits these dreams into our life. I don't know about you, but I want a God dream. Does anybody else want a God dream? I want a God dream. I think recently I've been dreaming a lot about this ministry and what God wants to do. And I've been dreaming about the day, the night that we have to gather across the hall in the big room because what God's doing in here is so powerful and so magnetic and that people's lives are being changed. People are finding hope. People are finding joy. People, what's happening in this room because of what God's doing is overflowing into the community. And people are driving hours from Gwinnett County and Jackson County, Barrow County, whatever county people are driving to to get here because of what God is doing here and it's overflowing and we have to meet in the other room. That would be an amazing thing, right? That's, that's my God dream. That's what I want. So we all have these unique God dreams. Come on, turn to your neighbor and just say, I got a God dream. Or maybe you don't feel like you have one yet, but maybe, maybe tonight you can leave here going, Lord, would you give me, would you give me a unique God dream? And so we started Last week, we started talking about uh, this person named Joseph in the Old Testament and his dream and the dream that God gave him. And uh, we're going to walk through it for the next few weeks. And uh, like I said, I was planning on going kind of deeper into the story, uh, but I kind of feel like we just need to revisit some things because I just can't get past some of the stuff that happened to Joseph. And so I'll recap a little bit of uh, Joseph's life, and then we're going to read a little bit as well. In Genesis chapter 37... There's Bibles in front of your seat or under your seat, depending on where you're at. And by the way, if you don't have a Bible of your own, we'd love for you to take uh, one of these home with you. It's the only thing you can get away with in stealing. God accepts you stealing a Bible. It's okay. Go ahead. And um, let me recap a little bit. We started reading in, Joseph, in uh, Genesis chapter 37 about Joseph, and essentially what happens is uh, Joseph is the favorite brother out of 12 brothers. His father is Jacob, and uh, he's the favorite brother. He's number 11 in the mix, and um, his father gives him what's called a, a uh, coat of many colors. It's this elaborate, beautiful coat, just signifies kind of his significance in, in uh, his father's eyes, and there's a whole backstory to that, too. We won't get into Maybe you can go read it yourself, but... Uh, Anyways, Joseph is like this favorite brother, and uh, one day he shows up to his other brothers, and he gets a, a little bit arrogant, honestly. Um, I think he gets, his brothers get a bad rap for how they responded, but if we were going to be honest, uh, Joseph is weird that he did this. He shows up to his brothers, and he essentially says, hey, uh, God gave me a dream that one day all of you would bow down to me. Like, oh, pump the brakes a little bit, Joseph. Like, may not be uh, the right thing to tell people. So he tells them that, and they respond kind of how you would expect them to respond. Not too happy with it, right? And then, as if Joseph doesn't learn his lesson, he goes back a second time, and he says, I had another dream. And this time, it was like stars bowing, and, and there was 11 stars, and it represented all of his brothers. And he said, you guys are going to bow. And it's like man, Joseph, let's, uh, let's be easy with what you tell people, right? There's a little bit kind of over the top. And, of course, his brothers respond uh, in a way that maybe they shouldn't have, but kind of understand a little bit. They say, let's get rid of this guy, man. Who does this guy think he is? And so they respond. They, go, they put a plan together to kill Joseph. And so I want to pick up um, in verse 18. 
And we talked a little bit about it last week, but I want to pick up and read some, about 10 verses here in Genesis chapter 37, verse 18. Are you ready? All right, it says this. It says, but they saw him in the distance, talking about Joseph, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said. Man, you got to know, some people just don't like the fact that you're a dreamer. Some people just don't like you dreaming. He says, they, they say, here comes that dreamer. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into this cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben, Mr. Nice Guy, just throw him into a cistern instead. Reuben said uh, this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern, kind of a dried up well is what this was. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agree. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Now, the reason why I just kind of want to recap this a little bit, because I can't get past the fact that Joseph had a dream for his life, that Joseph had a kind of this is what my life is going to amount to. This is kind of the purpose for me. This is what's going to happen. And then sometime later, he ends up in a situation that looks pretty doomed. He ends up in a situation where he is now in a pit destined to die. I just have to wonder, sometimes you got to step into the shoes of characters in the Bible and just go, man, how did that feel? Can you imagine how that felt? Feeling like, Lord, I, I thought you gave me a dream. I thought you gave me a purpose. I thought you gave me a specific thing for what was going to happen with my life. And now I'm sitting here in this dried up well about to die. And I've been rejected by my own brothers. Been rejected by my own family. Can you imagine just the... What has come of my life? And what is God doing? This is not at all what he said he was going to do. Can you imagine what that felt like? And I just really believe that for us, for me, for you, for everyone, that God gives us a unique dream. But just because he's given us a unique dream does not mean that it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean that you're not going to face rejection, that you're not going to face setback that you're not going to face pushback, that you're not going to face a no, that you're not going to face a pit. Doesn't mean that. When God deposits a dream, if you're going to see it come through, if you're going to see it fulfilled, it's not going to be easy. Doesn't mean it's all going to be a bed of daisies and roses. Why did I say that? That's weird. Doesn't mean it's all going to be 
whatever. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And so tonight, I want to ask you the question, what do you do when you're on your way to your God dream and you face setback and you face rejection and you face a test and you end up in the pit and it looks like your God dream is not going to happen? I think, I think everyone gets very excited about the potential of a God dream, but most of us are not willing to pay the price of a God dream. Everyone gets super excited about the potential, but most of us are not willing to pay the price. And just because the dream is from God doesn't mean it's going to be easy. I told you guys last week a little bit about my story and uh, how I kind of got into ministry and what that moment looked like for me when I surrendered to kind of the unique God dream that I felt like he was leading me to. And uh, that happened when I was in college. And so I'll give you a little bit more specifics around what happened next. Because that was kind of the big moment. That was the, all right, God, I think this is where you're leading me. Here we go. Let's do it together type thing. It was a big moment for me. So that was like in September of my senior year. And I get around to the next semester, and I had a couple classes left to take. Uh, Actually, I had two classes left to take. And I had an internship that I had to do. Found out that I could take these uh, classes online, which is always good. And um, so I decided to take these classes online while I was doing an internship. I got an internship in a little town that I want to introduce most of you to tonight. A little town in South Georgia called Americus. Anybody ever heard of Americus, Georgia? More people than I thought. Man, that's amazing. Good for you guys. Uh, if you haven't, go Google it. Not a lot there. You, you won't find much. Uh, but Americus, Georgia. Not America. Americus, Georgia. And uh, in Americus, Georgia, there's delicious sweet tea and a lot of really nice people. People hunt every day, fish every day. How many of you, that sounds amazing? Great. As you can tell, I fit in great there. You know, camo, just boots and, and uh, lots of fun stuff. And so I got an internship down there through, like, some family connections. And so I got an internship to, to intern at a church while I was taking my two classes online. And so I go down uh, to do this in Americus, Georgia, and I show up to a church when you can imagine what kind of churches are in small uh, South Georgia towns. And it was a small little church. And I show up to be kind of a student ministry, work with middle school and high school uh, students, and I'm the intern there. And let me just remind you, I'm coming off of like a big moment. All right, God, let's go chase this God dream together. Let's do this. I'm surrendering my life. It's going to be awesome. We're going to reach people. We're going to, you know, have so much impact and influence, and let's go. And I get down there, and I just want to share with you a little bit about what my job consisted of. Uh, On Wednesday nights, we would gather as a youth ministry, and sometimes there would be 15 students. There would be 15 students that would show up in a room not much bigger than this stage. And we would gather there, and there were times when I would stand up with a guitar and lead us in worship, and then I would set it down and lead us in a Bible study. Y'all didn't know I led worship, did you? Come on, new, new news for everyone tonight. There were times when I would do all of that. I would stand up, I would take on that, and then I would put it down, and I would talk about the Bible. And i got to be honest with you, I had this great moment of, all right, God, let's go take on the world. You've given me this dream, and I'm going to go see it. But i got to be honest, for the four to five months that I was down there in America's Georgia at this church, there was a little bit in me going, is this, is this the dream? Really? Is this 
what my God dream is? Is this what I'm giving my life to? But I wanted to tell you tonight, I believe that oftentimes God has to test our dream. And I believe that season in my life was God testing me to see if I had a confidence in the dream that he had given me. If I had a confidence that he would take me through and that he would lead me through and I could count on him that in no matter what season and no matter how many students there are in whatever it was that this was the dream he had given me. Can I tell you tonight that I really believe with all my heart that before your dream can be trusted, it has to be tested. Before your dream can be trusted, it has to be tested. And so if you believe God's given you a unique dream and you believe you're on your way to it and you've surrendered to it, you're saying, all right, Lord, let's go do this. I want you to know that there's going to be a season if not immediately like it was for me, there's going to be a time when you have to go through a testing. It happened to me. It's happened to many of you already. And it happened to Joseph as well. There's a test that comes with your dream. There's a price that comes with your dream. I'm confident that like Joseph, there's going to be a test with your God dream. But my hope, my hope is that you would endure through it. My hope is that as you experience setback, as you experience rejection, as you experience a no, like N-O, as you experience the pit, that it doesn't shy you away from your dream, but it causes you to lean into it even more. You tracking with me? So let me give you uh, just kind of one little point that I have tonight as we talk about the tests that you'll go through on your way to your God dream, and that's this. Number one you got to know that there's a purpose. There's a purpose in the no. There's a purpose in the no, N-O. Have you ever been uh, rejected by a guy or a girl? Yeah. <laughs> Someone said, yeah. <laughs> you ever? I mean, I think, I think if we all were to be honest, we've all been through that, right? You ever been like... You got, you got your eye on somebody, and you're going to go for it, and you got rejected. I'm not talking about, like, you swiped right, they swiped left. I'm talking about <laughs> you, you, put your, like, you put your heart into this. You stepped out. You were vulnerable in this. You, you went for it, man, and it, was, it took a little bit of guts out of you. It took some faith out of you. It took you just going, all right, let's go for it. And then you felt the rejection. Anybody? I mean, you guys have felt that, right? I'm not, I'm not the only one. Let me just encourage all the sad people in the room tonight. <laughs> I, really, I really believe this. I wrote it down this way. That until you felt the pain of a no, you won't appreciate the joy of a yes. Until you felt the pain of a no, you won't appreciate the joy of a yes. I love the stories of people who started dating when they were like freshmen in high school. And then uh, got married right out of college and, you know, it was the only person they ever dated, the only person they ever loved, the only person they had feeling, the only person they've ever kissed, all that good stuff and they live happily ever after. I love it. Good for you if that's your story. Amen. Uh, but for the rest of us, um, 
I don't, I don't think that's um, the majority of people's story. And for the rest of us that have walked through some rejection, the rest of us that have walked through uh, a no, the rest of us that have felt the pain of what it feels like to have heartbreak, the rest of us that we've felt that, can I just encourage us tonight that it is painful, but because you know the pain of a no, I really believe one day you're going to enjoy, you're going to enjoy a yes. And that one day, I'm telling you, I felt, I felt the pain of rejection and I felt that stuff before, but it made the yes that my wife gave me so much sweeter, so much sweeter to have her yes. And so if you can, and I'm not, I'm not advocating go out and, and, and just run amok with relationships and, and be crazy so that way you can experience a great one one day. I don't, I don't think that's, and please, Lord, please, do not, do not reject somebody by using that line. Like, <laughs> hey, don't worry, because you're feeling my rejection one day, you're going to appreciate the joy of a yes. <laughs> please, if I find out one of you used that, you're out. You don't belong here. <laughs> and so obviously uh, I'm not advocating that, that you be reckless with relationships. But I think for the most of us, we've experienced a no. And this is just what it means to me. There's purpose in your no. There's purpose in the no. There's purpose in the rejection that you experience. I'm talking about all of life. There's purpose when you go for the job and you don't get it. There's purpose when you pursue something and it doesn't happen like you wanted it to. There's purpose even when you get rejected from a relationship that you thought was going to work. There's a purpose in it. There's purpose in the no. The no is actually a part of the dream. Did you hear me? The no is actually a part of the God dream. The dream cannot develop until you faced no and decided not to quit. The dream that God has put inside of you cannot fully develop until you faced a no and decided not to quit. The no is not meant to stop the dream. It's meant to build something in you. It's meant to build a dependence on God so that one day when you do get the dream, you'll look back and go, that wasn't me. I faced no. I faced rejection. It looked like I couldn't. I f it, was, it was humanly impossible. I was down in a pit. Brothers rejected me. Family rejected me. There was no way that I was going to get to the dream that God gave me. But I depended on God, and he brought me through it. The rejection that you face, the setback that you face, the no that you face, the pit that you find yourself in was purposed so that you can get to the dream that God's got for you. I think too many people are given up because they feel rejection or because they've gotten a no. Joseph faced rejection. Joseph faced setback. Joseph had to face the pit to get to the palace. I was reading a um, Wall Street Journal uh, kind of article, and it was entitled The Secrets of Resilience. And I just want to read you kind of portion of it because I loved it and it inspired me a little bit. It says this, 
1962, the psychologist Victor Gortzel and his wife Mildred published a book called Cradles of Eminence, a provocative study of the childhoods of over 400 famous 20th century men and women. They selected individuals who had at least two biographies written about them and who had made a positive contribution to society. In other words, they selected people that had, from all the appearances, looked like they had accomplished something with their life. Their subjects ranged from Louis Armstrong, Frida Kahlo, and Marie... What, did I say that wrong? I don't know who this person is. And Marie Curie to Eleanor Roosevelt, Henry Ford, I know that, and uh, John D. Rockefeller. The Gortzels found that less than 15% of their famous men and women had been raised in supportive, untroubled homes with another 10% in a mixed setting. Let me say it again. Less than 15% of these men and women had been raised in supportive, untroubled homes and another 10% in a mixed setting. Of the 400, a full 75%, some 300 individuals, had grown up in a family burdened by a severe problem. Poverty, abuse, absent parents, alcoholism, serious illness, or some other misfortune. He ends with this. The normal man is not a likely candidate for the Hall of Fame. The normal man is not a likely candidate for the Hall of Fame. Obviously, I'm not advocating child abuse or raising a family in a way that is not healthy so that one day they'll experience some success because that's what the statistics say or whatever. No. But what I am saying is this. What you thought disqualified you may just be the thing that qualifies you. What you thought disqualified you may just be the thing that God is going to use to get you to the God dream. What you thought was the thing that had you down and out, the rejection from your family, the whatever it was, may just be the thing that God is going to use to propel you into what he wants you to accomplish with your life. It happened for Joseph. He had to go to the pit to get to the palace. But how you handle the pit will determine how you walk into the palace. We are not a people we are not a people who, when we hear no, we say, well, God isn't in this. God has left me. God must have abandoned me. No. When we hear no, we say, there's a purpose for the no. There's a reason for the no. There's a purpose for why I'm in this pit. And God knew in order to get Joseph to the palace, he'd have to take him through the pit. I wonder how many of you in here tonight feel like you're in the pit. I wonder if some of you feel like you've been rejected, you feel like you're down and out, feel like everyone's against you, feel like the dream that God has given you is not going to come to pass because of where you're at now. I just wanted to encourage you. It may be exactly where God wants you because he knows that he's going to deliver you from it and it's going to be your caravan ride to Egypt. But I asked this question, what if Joseph would have quit? What if Joseph would have thrown in the towel? What if down in that pit, or when he gets picked up from, by these people and he's taken into slavery, what if he would have given up? 
What if he would have said, God is not for me. He's lied to me. God gave me a dream and now it's not going to happen. I'm done. What if he just would have given up because he encountered a no? What if he would have decided that life wasn't worth living? What if he would have decided that the pain that he was in in that moment was worse than the pain of death? I don't know if this is for everyone in the room, but I think it's for someone in the room. I think somebody feels like you're in a pit, feels like life isn't worth living. It feels like you're down and out, feel like nobody's for you, feel like everyone's against you. I just wanted to encourage you, don't give up. Don't give up. You have no idea. You have no idea when God's going to deliver you from the pit. It may be tomorrow. It may be tonight. It may be the next day. Don't give up just because you're in a pit. Life is worth living. Don't give up. You have no idea. No idea how God's going to get you into the God dream. I want to close with this. And um, Lauren, you can come back up. We're going to worship again. You can write this down. Rejection is often God's direction. Rejection is oftentimes actually God's direction. I think so many of us, when we encounter rejection, when we encounter the no, when we encounter a setback, when we find ourselves in the pit of life, we figure we're off track. We think we're not ever going to step into what God's called us to. We're never going to see our dream fulfilled, the dream that he's given us. Can I just tell you that oftentimes rejection is actually God's direction, and it's actually the very thing that he wants to use? There's a proverb, Proverbs 19, verse 21. It says this, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I just find so much encouragement in that. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose. It's his purpose that prevails. I'm pretty sure most of you are aware of this by now, that life is not going to go how you plan it to go. <laughs> Thanks for coming to C12. There you go. <laughs> Life is not going to go how you plan it to go. It's not going to go exactly how you dream it up to go. It's going to be full of some setbacks. It's going to be full of some disappointments. It's going to have some no's. It's going to have some rejections. It will. But many are the plans in a person's heart. But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. It's his purpose. And you don't know what it is exactly, his purpose, and how it will prevail. But you won't ever know if you give up. You won't ever know if you allow the no to turn you around. You won't ever know if you allow that setback or that pushback or that pit to pull you away from the dream that God gave you. Maybe it's not, maybe the no isn't a reason to quit on your dream, but maybe it's the thing that you need to get you to your dream. You ever thought that? Maybe actually this disappointment is not meant to cause me to quit, but it's actually the thing that's going to get me 
to my dream. Hardships, you got to know this. Hardships are helping you. Pain is preparing you. So don't quit. Don't quit. I don't know what dream God's given you. I don't know what he gave to you years ago. I don't know what he gave to you today. I don't know what he's asked you to do with your life this year. But I know one thing. Dreams are never void of test. A God dream is not void of test. It's not void of hardship. It's not void of pain. It could actually be what God's going to use to get you to the dream. To get you from just a boy living with his brothers with a colorful coat and into the palace into the dream that he called him to I wrote this down don't stop on six <laughs> reminded of a story another story in the Old Testament where God gives a um, instructions to a guy named Joshua and he um, gives these instructions to Joshua and the Israelites that they're going to go into the promised land. And maybe you've heard about the city of Jericho and they're going to conquer Jericho and they're going to take Jericho and everything in it. And it's going to be theirs and, and, you know, that's going to be their conquering story. But he instructs Joshua, he says this, he said, you're going to march around the walls of Jericho for seven days. One time every day and then on the seventh day, seven times. Interesting to me also, just a little side note, that he gave Joshua the command for all of the people. It's another lesson, another sermon in there about authority in our lives. That sometimes God will actually speak through people above us to give us direction. So don't ever underestimate the authority that God puts in your life. Anyways, another lesson. So he gives Joshua the commands for all of the people. And he says, you're going to walk around and, and walk around these walls, the city of Jericho, and they're going to blow trumpets and make weird noises. And then on the final day, they're going to shout and the walls are going to, I mean, this is their battle plan. This is the plan for how they're going to conquer this city. How silly does this sound? Like, no, Joshua, I think it's a better idea that we take some swords, that we unite together and that we go in and we take it. And he says, no, 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 we're going to march around these walls. And I just put myself once again in the shoes of the people marching. And, 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 and Joshua never tells them, we're going to march this many days. And then on the seventh day, God's going to do this. He never tells them all those instructions. He just says, all right, guys, today, let's start marching. They go, really? March? And they just start marching. And can you imagine being these guys on like the fourth or the fifth day going, Hey, Joshua, I don't know if you've seen yet, but the walls haven't fallen yet. Nothing is happening and nothing is going to happen. We're marching around walls. <laughs> I just think, man, what if on that sixth lap, what if on that sixth lap, they said, we're out. What if on that sixth day, they said, we're out. What if on the seventh day, on the sixth lap, they had one more lap to go and they said, this is ridiculous, I'm done. I'm leaving camp. Joshua, do your little funny thing of marching. I'm out of here. What if they had one more lap to go and they never walked into the dream that God had for them to take over Jericho and the rest of their future? They never walked into their destiny because they said no. Because they encountered something that was a little weird. They encountered a setback. They encountered some weird commands and they said no and they quit on the dream. What if, what if God's given you a dream?
And what if you're that close? What if you're that close to seeing it happen? What if you're like day seven, six lap, and I know you're ready to give up. I know you're tired of marching. I know things aren't happening. But what if you're that close? Don't stop on six. Keep marching. You have no idea, no idea that next lap, you have no idea what could happen if you just keep going. The no, the setback, the pit, the pushback, whatever it was, don't let it discourage you from your dream. Get through it. March through it. Don't quit. Let me pray for you. And then we'll worship together. I think there's some people in the room possibly who you've given up on the dream that God's given you. Maybe you encountered somebody that said, that's silly. Maybe someone spoke a bad word into your life and it's just corroding every dream that you've ever had. Maybe someone told you that you were worth nothing. Maybe someone told you that you weren't going to ever become anything. You're just going to end up like your messed up parents. I don't know what somebody has spoken over you that's caused you to feel rejection and to feel the pain and to feel like quitting on your dream. But I know tonight that God's calling you to pick it back up again. Calling you to pick it back up again. And to believe if you won't quit, if you'll keep marching, if you'll believe in what we talked about last week, the Ephesians 3.20 God, the one who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than anything we could ever ask or imagine according to his purpose at work in us. To him be the glory. That's the God that we serve able to do exceedingly and abundantly more. Pick it back up again. Believe that he can do more with it. The rejection, the no, the pit wasn't meant to make you give up on it. It was actually there to get you to where you needed to be. And so, Father, I pray that you would awaken dreams again tonight. Father, I pray for those who have yet to really sense a God dream on their life. Lord, I pray that you would give it to them. And Father, I pray for those who have given up on one. Years ago, felt like you gave them something, a purpose, and they were going after it, but they encountered some setback. Lord, I pray that you would give them the courage to at least have the conversation with you. Lord, do you want me to pick it back up again? And Lord, I do pray that you would give them a unique clarity, a supernatural clarity on the unique dream. And if they should pick it back up again and keep moving forward with it and believe that you have more for them and believe that the pit is not the end for them. Lord, would you make us a group of people full of God dreams, full of God dreams. We pray in Jesus' name.